Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates, and I'm so excited that you are joining us today. Well, we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one to a team from a stage or from behind a screen, we hope that this time inspires you, challenges you, encourages you to communicate in healthy ways. We know when you do you really will change your world with your words. Well, we are in week three of our series, Becoming Great at Your Craft. It's been just a fantastic series. If you've missed any, just head to YouTube or any of the uh, podcast uh, platforms and catch up on them. But especially if you're a leader who communicates regularly and you really wanna keep improving, this is the series for you. Each week, we've just been blown away by our guests who have just brought such great wisdom and insight, and we're just excited. Well, today, We're going to keep that going. If you're ready to take your speaking skills to the next level, uh, I hope that you're uh, prepared because today we're going to have a great conversation about just how to do that. We're going to kind of dive into the secrets of continuous improvement. Our guest is going to kind of, you know, peek inside of what uh, she has learned and some of her expert strategies for breaking through plateaus, conquering roadblocks, refining your speaking, and really becoming great, as great as you can at your craft. I really think this could be a transformative journey. And if you decide to keep going on to this journey, for you, it'll be unforgettable and you really will become an influential and effective communicator. That being said, I'm so excited to be joined by a just a phenomenal speaker, leader, coach who I have a great admiration for. Uh, she's just a fantastic communicator. She's an anxiety expert. Her message is just powerful. And she's an all-around great communicator. How she communicates online, how she casts vision, and she is the facilitator for the Speaker Lab community Facebook group. And I'm telling you, the way that she communicates is just just so incredible. It is just awesome to have her on the podcast. Brittany Richmond, thank you so much for being on the Speak With People podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, if you could just tell our listeners just a little bit about you know, your story, where you're from, what you do, all that kind of stuff, that'd be fantastic. Sure. Well, I, I like you. Like you said, I I specialize in overcoming anxiety and um, I am an anxiety expert. And one of the things that causes me anxiety is talking about myself. So let's just (laughs) do that, like right from the start. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So I live in central Illinois, which is, you know, middle America, small town, 300 people. Wow. I I do love it, though. I do love the quiet life. But... I actually grew up, um, you know, in a school of like 200 and some people for the high school. So growing up was really tough for me in terms of like my mental and emotional health. And so that really led me into the field of counseling and psychology, which is actually my background. Um, Mm. Really, I was a school counselor for many years. And I remember one day I was like, there has to be a better way of reaching more teenagers that are struggling. And the reason I wanted to work with high school students as a counselor is because, you know, I can relate so much to mm. them. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 36 years old, but I'm the oldest teenager that you know. I mean, I'm seriously <laughs> like 17 and <laughs> I connect with them so well and I love them all so much. So I remember one day I Googled specifically um, how to be a professional speaker. And I had always spoken in some capacity. For someone who lives with a lot of anxiety like myself, 
public speaking never caused me anxiety. Mm. Um, it, it really actually lit me up. It was more comfortable for me to be in front of more people versus one-on-one. -on -one. I get really uncomfortable one-on-one -on -one, typically, especially in person. So yep. it, when, when people interact with me one-on-one, -on -one, I'm very like fidgety. I don't make eye contact, like I, but I'm actively listening. I just, I, it, it's just a process. But in front of 500 people, it's like I light up. It's just like, <laughs> let's go, like, let's do this. Which is so strange because literally every speaking engagement I have, I get asked every single time. It's like a running joke. Someone's like, I don't get it. Like you struggle with anxiety. How are you a public speaker? I'm like, trust <laughs> me, I don't know. So, but, um, so I Googled one day how to be a professional speaker and the speaker lab podcast actually mm. popped up was the first um, time I had exposure to it and Grant Baldwin, everything that he's doing. So um, I became a loyal listener and then I, I dove into the program and help they helped me grow my speaking business and now in a full circle moment and way i do the same thing at the speaker lab too and help people grow their speaking businesses so and um actively speak in the youth market too i just want to make that little mm. tidbit i do speak to high school students on overcoming and managing anxiety so that's a little bit about me <laughs> Wow, that's fantastic. Isn't it crazy though? The, I'm, the amount of communicators, speakers that I've met, comedians, uh, lead singers of bands who are just crazy introverts, but you get them on stage and you, I mean, they just, they come alive. They come alive. 100%, 100%. And I, I, whenever I get asked this at every engagement, I say the same thing. I say, look, this is how I know that I'm aligned with my purpose because this does not give me anxiety. Right. I mean, there are things things that cause me a lot of stress and anxiety that I feel like some people would think is very weird. Yep. And they also think it's weird that this does not. So right. it's, <laughs> it's, it is what it is, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I know my older years, you know, Probably in my 20s, I was 100% extrovert, you know, maybe 99% mm. extrovert, 1%. And now I'm like, you know, it's probably like a 20-80 split, 20% extrovert, 80% introvert. And I'm like, I love the quiet time, but on stage, oh, it's just, it's just fantastic. It's next it's level. Fantastic. It's next level. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, can you take us back uh, in time? Give us a glimpse. Maybe I know you just told us a little bit about your, your journey, but mm -hmm. maybe that, the, the, the very beginning when you first started to speak on stage how did you discover you know okay this is something that boy i love to do i'm gonna keep getting better at this you know were there were there a pivotal moment where you're like okay i gotta do that again because that was just so awesome are you talking about like before i stepped into the youth space like professionally? yeah like yeah just before or, okay. or those first couple you know opportunities where you're on stage and you were like okay, I got to keep doing this. You know, was there a pivotal one that just, you know, clinched it for you? So I, I have to be honest, I was speaking on anything and everything because mm. I just really wanted to be a, a professional yep. speaker. Yep. So whenever anybody was like, hey, would you come speak on this? I'd be like, sure, yeah. And then I would do all the research, put together a talk and all the things. I mean, this was like years ago. So this was not after, yeah. you know, really niching down and specializing in what I want to do. But and I, that is a strategy I do not recommend. However, <laughs> um, I, I, I do not recommend speaking on anything and everything. Yes. There's, it, it, it's not as fulfilling and it's more nerve wracking. And that's something that I, I really lean into when I talk to people about becoming professional speakers is once you're aligned with, you know, what you're meant to speak about and who you're meant to speak to, the nerves and the nervousness and, you know, just the anxiety wrapped around the whole public speaking experience is yeah. not the same. It transforms, right? It definitely transforms. 
And that that's also like feedback internally, whether this is a level of integrity you want to step into or not. So Mm. another, I feel like a pivotal, pivotal moment for me was, and it just blows my mind that I didn't see it before, but I think a lot of people, when they get into public speaking, they get into it with leading with the mentality that they want to share their story. Mm. Like they want to talk about their story. They want to share it, but we have to be very cautious because there there is such a thing as therapy from the stage and that is not what we do as speakers right mm. we're we're not here to i mean there is some self-serviceness to public speaking absolutely it's very healing to get up and share your story and knowing that you're impacting others however we must lead with the audience first right like we're here to serve them with what we have battle tested and learned so once that transition really occurred and putting together my signature talk and really aligning with you know who i want to speak to and what i want to speak about it just became a whole i i really the word transformational experience mm. for me and the audience and it became about a relationship and a partnership with the students in front of me versus me speaking at them, which is essentially what your podcast is really about is right. how to communicate on a mutual, you know, respect and, and a partnership and relationship level versus I have all the information I'm going to, you know, school you essentially. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it. I mean, that's, you know, you, you just kind of nailed the, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, it's probably about 15 years ago, this phrase, speak with people, not at them, started to like culminate because I've always studied communicators. I've always loved speakers. And you could just, what you just said, you could just see the people who are interested in speaking at people, whether I'm just dispensing information, I'm schooling you, I'm telling you the way mm-hmm. it is. I mean, you can you can feel it. And I could feel the difference with the speaking with. And you're like, oh, wow, this is just, so whether it's 100 people, 5,000 people, it's like they're just having a conversation with me and it's just, yeah, it was powerful. Oh, exactly. And that is something even in like professional development books and speakers I've seen that I love anytime I've always felt like if it feels like we're just sitting in front of each other, having a conversation, then this mm-hmm. is going to impact me. So even in my bio, that's what I say. I said, I want to sit in front of that teenager and I want them to feel like it's just them and I having a conversation. Yep. I mean, that is that is how you should lead, in my opinion, in my, you know, the gospel according to Brittany, but in, <laughs> in my opinion, the that's this level of serviceness that creates connection that's unmatched. So. Oh, that's so powerful. I uh, was doing an assembly once in, uh, I'm trying to remember Petoskey, Michigan, maybe way up, way up here, do the hand thing, us Michiganders. (laughs) Um, but I get done and I think it was on bullying. I did, uh, I did assemblies for a bunch of years on bullying and, and a young woman came up to me and she said, you know, this is, this is also great. Like, I love your stories. It all felt, it also felt great. But she said, you know, we hear all these speakers all the time and, and barely any of them tell us that we need to love ourselves and, you know, it's always about caring for others and not bullying and be kind. But she's like, maybe every once in a while you could tell you and your speaker friends just to remind us to love ourselves. And it was like, I mean, it just hit me so hard because, you know, kid, especially kids, teenagers, they're just used to that kind of speaking at all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just powerful yeah. stuff. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, I feel like we could, yeah, we could probably talk about uh, students all day I know. long. <laughs> <laughs> Some I of the them. the powerful stories. Them. Well, as a speaker, so you you got into this. I mean, you, you started to grow. Talk to us about like your 
you know, how you went at growing, you know, your craft, how you kind of made a commitment to go, okay, I've got to keep getting better, uh, you know, to be able to advance, you know, your own speaking career. So love to know more about that. Gosh, I feel like I could answer that in a couple of different ways. Um, do you want me to, are you asking like in terms of like the business or like me personally or both? Yeah. Both. It, it, both would be great. Like how, how, you know, cause obviously if you watch video, if you have it from your, you know, your first couple till now, you know, oh, God. Yeah. right, right. You learn, you learn so much, you know? So yeah, we'd love to know, you know, what kind of journey you've been on to, you know, kind of keep improving your, your actual craft of speaking. Right. Right. Um, so Oddly enough, I don't watch video of myself. That that causes me a lot of stress. Yep. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> if I'm just being honest, but I've seen clips, you know, and I I am very much. I, I remember, and, and this is something that I I I don't really actively quote unquote work on. I lean into. I really mm. lean into it. And it was when I first started speaking. I. I I was very much looking at other speakers that I knew doing the things I wanted to do and kind of modeling that behavior. I mean, mimicry is like definitely, you know, the highest form of flattery, right? And if it's working for them, it might work for me. Well, the reality yep. is, is that that was untrue. And what I love about the speaking industry and being a professional speaker is I can be authentically myself and that's okay if not if I'm not for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is very much okay. That's what separates my brand from other people. That's what separates my my mission, my message from other speakers. We have to bring our uniqueness to it. Otherwise, I believe the message really does fall short. Mm. And it because if we're not authentic, the audience will know that. Like they will a hundred percent know that. And so being my loud, very fun, very energetic personality, I lean into that. That is who I am. And I think that in terms of my message of overcoming anxiety, you yeah. know, really being comfortable with who you are is it radiates way more than just with me being on stage, right? Mm. So being being who I am on stage in front of these teenagers is who I want to be off the stage with these teenagers. So if those two do not translate, then something is inauthentic there. And that's something I really lean into is being myself. And again, I have been told that, ooh, girl, you're too much for me. You're too much. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. I, I mean, it, it, that's fine. That is so fine. Yep. And, um, but that's that's okay, you know, and that's, that's just fine. So that is something that I definitely lean into. So when I first started, I wore like, you know, I wore suits on stage. I was very professional and like, yep. make sure you don't say certain slang words, but I speak to teenagers, y'all. <laughs> like I say things like, bro, like, are you serious? Like I will speak their language to get yeah. on their level. And I think that they hear that differently than when I do. And, but that's me though. Like yeah. that's not me pretending to be a teenager. That is who I am. And yep. I have had such incredible feedback from not just teenagers, but the adults saying, you know, things like she related to them in a way that is just unreal. And it's like, because I am myself and I truly think they pick up on that. Mm. And so what makes me thrive? What makes you thrive? If you're listening as a speaker, like even down to what you wear on stage, like, is it really helping you or is it hurting you in your profession? Mm. I mean, really asking yourselves, I had a speaker friend once who she was like, um, they, they were so convinced that 
you know, the way they, they had to dress a certain way and then they saw other speakers wearing like polos and like t-shirts and like stuff like that on stage. They're like, why can't I do that? I'm like, who said you couldn't do that? Like that is something that, <laughs> that you put on, you know? And I'm like, yep. it, it's, it's okay to, to be yourself. So like vans are a big part of my brand. I wear vans every time I speak, but these are things that make me feel confident too. Right. So if you're confident in what you're doing, that also radiates in your message. Yeah. Um, it, it's little things like that truly in terms of like how I continue to grow myself is just reflecting on, was I being authentic on stage? Was this moment a good moment? Like, how do I feel when I get off stage? Wow. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's probably in terms of me, professionally yeah. that that's what I look toward to. That's absolutely powerful. I mean, authenticity, whew, you know, teenagers especially can scope it out pretty quick. If someone is, you know, trying to be someone they're not, yes. <laughs> I mean, adults can exactly. as well. Yeah. So, you know, some folks struggle with authenticity, you know, how do we get to a place where we're comfortable, you know, not oversharing, but diving enough under the surface that, you know, our story really helps people draw in and go, okay, hey, I'm, I'm going to listen because they're really going to this vulnerable place with me. Any, any thoughts on that? I do think there's a balance, obviously, between, you know, oversharing and, and not sharing enough. And it, it, truly for me, it was about, I mean, there are so many aspects to my story that I don't talk about with teenagers. Mm. And but there are little snippets that based on where they're at in their life that I'm like, that's the story, right? So we're most powerfully positioned to serve the person that we once were. And I did not quote that. That is from Rory Vaden. He is oh, yeah. the CEO and co-founder of Brand Builders. He's an amazing human. Um, and I just love that saying. But you know, when I'm speaking to these teenagers is like, what are they going through in real time right now? A lot of it's applying to college or, you know, doing stuff like that. And those were extremely large parts of my story. I'm a two time college dropout because mm. of my anxiety. And that really resonates with them, you know, and really creating that connection. But it's not just me I'm connecting with, right? Like I'm I'm sharing other experiences from other teenagers, not just my own. I think that is something that's really critical to point out too, mm. is I like I like to highlight them, not just myself. Mm. And I think that there's a huge, huge opportunity to show care and love when we also share stories that are not our own, but mm. they are very much our own. So really like I write when, especially in my keynote, we do a talk exercise right from the get go. And I'm giving examples of working with other students and talking back and forth with them, but I'm talking about the students' responses, not mine. Mm. So it's very much like highlighting what this person is saying versus me. So I try to create that balance where it's not all me, 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 right? It's you, like yep. it's about you. So yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of got off on a tangent. So <laughs> No, it's it's absolutely perfect because I think so many speakers go wrong. And especially we do this in the beginning because we want to be good. We want people to like us. We want our message to connect. We want people to laugh. And we just start making it all about me and we take our fo focus off the audience. And so, you, I mean, you just gave us gold right there on how we can, you know, really be our, our authentic selves by, you know, uh, keeping audience focused. I mean, that's, that is, I mean, it's just so incredibly powerful uh, when we do that. 
kind of technically speaking, you know, as you've progressed in your career, you know, all the stages you've been on, uh, has there ever been a coach or someone come alongside of you and, and talked about some of the technical things like, Brittany, your hands move too much and it's obnoxious or your voice goes all over the place. You know, have you ever had to deal with any of those kind of technique, uh, uh, you know, pieces? Uh, not like in, uh, not like in real time. I work really hard on my stage crafting though. That, yeah. That's really important to me. So really utilizing the stage. Um, I just got back from an event in Tennessee and you know, there was an upper level too, right? To the auditorium, there were people up at the upper deck. So really even this is the kind of stuff that I don't think people realize that public speakers are very much entertainers and performers also. Oh. Like we work on our craft on stage all the way down to utilizing stage left, right, center yep. stage, you know, and making sure we're making eye contact, but also making sure like when there's people up here, like we look up, right? Like those are the, it's like you're having two conversations in your head. You're remembering your talk on this side and then you're on this side of your brain. It's like, okay, look up, do the W, make sure you make eye contact, ask for interaction, make sure you're mm. interacting, get down in the audience. Like you are, and it's, it's very much choreographed. I yeah. mean, I practice in front of mirrors all the time and make sure, and these are, this is information that's good to know when you're running pre-event calls, right? Like, tell me about your auditorium. How are they seated? Like you need to know. So when you're preparing, there's so much that goes into being a speaker that if you're not in the industry, people are like, oh, they just pay you to show up and give a talk. And I'm like, right. there's so much more. <laughs> but, but okay. But no, it's good though. Cause that's the kind of stuff. Like once you get immersed in the industry, you're like, oh, you know, cause you don't know what you yep. don't know. I mean, I didn't know that stuff, you know, when I got into it, but he being very fortunate to be, have been trained as a speaker and grow my business with the speaker lab as a student and now be online as a coach for the speaker lab. Yep. I get to be immersed with some of the best coaches in the industry mm. on the daily. And, um, I, there's one in particular, his name is Rick Clemens. He's our lead coach here at the speaker lab. He helped my stage crafting go to the next level and really specializing even in tone of voice, how to let things hang, you know, utilizing the stage. I mean, so many different, so mm. many different things. And I'm so grateful for that. And I utilize that. So if I had to give like a piece of advice for anybody, it's like lean into the people that are just a couple of steps ahead of you and learn from them, like master your craft, like take it to the next level. There's always a level to take it to. And even this, this gig I just got back from in Tennessee, there is some footage of that. And like one of the newer things I did that I tested was during our talk activity, instead of standing on stage and pacing back and forth and watching, I got down and walked through the audience and listened to their conversations. I wanted to be in it with yep. them, like in the thick of it. And I was like, how is this going to go? I don't know, but I loved it. It was super great. And I think that you have to take risks like that. You have to try things to see if it's going to work for you. So I'm definitely going to continue doing that. So, Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. Especially even having a game plan, you know, for each, uh, each opportunity to go, okay, Hey, can I do something? I was meeting with a young communicator yesterday who I'm coaching and I, you know, I watched one of their videos and it was just, you know, they were just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I said, okay, how about the next time you just work on, you know, maybe being a little bit more deliberate in, in your back and forth, you know, it's just little steps, you know, to be able to help. Cause really when you get to, I think when you get to a level where people are really leaning in, uh, you're you like just what you talked about. You're using all of those little tiny things coming together to form this mm -hmm. superpower 
you know, which is incredible. I, I know for you, you mentioned earlier stage fright really has never been a thing. You know, my mm-hmm. goodness for many communicators, it has. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we, we think, I think we, maybe we all get, you know, maybe a little bit of the, the butterflies at, you know, at some level. Uh, but are there, is there any advice you would give as you coach other communicators if they're, you know, dealing with uh, stage fright, those nerves, you know, how can they build their confidence to kind of overcome them? Any, any thoughts on that? Well, first of all, um, I do get nervous. I just want to put that out there. I think that that, I think that there, but it's not crippling nervous. Yeah. I feel like it is for a lot of people. It's very much how I would relate it to like being an athlete. Like you step on the court or you go out into the field and it's about to start like game time. Like that's the nerves. Right. So it's very much like motivating, inspiring, and, and just so wonderful. Yes. Imposter syndrome's huge. Um, really just the stress of why me, like what, why is my story special? Like, you know, and that whole mindset too. Yeah. But, and just the overall nervousness of being in front of other human beings, is right. stressful too. <laughs> so because public speaking is like the number one fear of a human being, I often tell students, I'm like, if you feel called to do it, then you're crazy like the rest of us for one, but two, <laughs> but two, that means there's something that you have to say that is really needed by, you know, your audience. Like there's something you need to lean into. Like you're being told internally or externally, like this is something you need to lean into. So obviously getting reps in, right? Like really getting out there, failing forward, doing the things and making sure that, you know, you're you're being authentic. I mean, there, that, that's really just the, the buzzword of the day is authenticity with your message. But here's something else too. I think a lot of people, I mean, I've delivered my talk so many times now and (laughs) every single time I get off stage, I think to myself, oh, I forgot to say that or darn it. Like I left that that sentence out. I mean, how could I forget that? But here's the thing. Nobody in the audience knows that I forgot to say that other than me. So the reality of being that person that's like, I'm going to forget everything or they're going to, you know, whatever. It's like, no, only if you bring attention to it, will mm. they know that you messed up. Right. Yeah. So that, that was a, I mean, truly, yes. that was an aha moment for me when I was told that I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like nobody knows my talk, but me, that's yeah. crazy. It was, it was such a relief. It was like a weight off my shoulders, but I mean, really just getting to the point where I mean, I could recite my talk here like super fast now, right? Like I totally know the flow, but realize and creating your own, you know, pre-event rituals, you know, and just making uh. sure that you're constantly working on your talk. So my pre-event ritual is um, I practice my talk the week leading up to an event and yep. I practice it in segments based on how long mm. like the talk is. Cause if you're a keynote speaker, sometimes it's 45 minutes, sometimes it's 75 minutes. I mean, it, it just right. depends on the event, right? right? So so I'll practice and master, you know, the intro for maybe 2 days and I'll I'll time it every single time and I'll go over it 10 times and make sure that it's hitting at 5 minutes and 30 seconds or 6 minutes or whatever. You know, and then then I'll try the outro the next few days and I will get that all master crafted time-wise and then I'll do the transitions and making sure everything's on point. And then I put it all together a few days before, but the day before a talk, I do not review Mm. anything because I will get in my head. I will want to change something. And Uh. that that's where it's like, no, just be, be with yourself. Like give gratitude for the fact that you are so privileged to stand in front Mm. of these students 
and speak to them about your story. And really, and truly, truly just always repeating in my mind, like, and I don't know if you have any listeners who are of faith, but I always say, please just let the words flow through me that they need to hear, not the ones that I want to say. And so good. that is that is such a game changing like mentality to have. So it's so good. It's so good. It, it is. You, it, people lose sight of the fact what an honor it is to stand up in front of people. You know, I such an honor. I got a call last two weeks ago from a, a student who heard me speak when they were twelve, and actually they live in uh, Rolling Meadows, Chicago area. And, nice. and so now I'm going to do some coaching with him, but he's, I mean, however he was 12 and what 2007. So however old he is now, <laughs> but he told me a story that I shared, you know, way back when. And I'm like, this is, I mean, this is so humbling. Yeah. You know, I yeah. try to remind my kids sometimes, Hey guys, re remember some people like my stories. <laughs> <laughs> no, you I just, feel that. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> oh, you gave us such a good masterclass though on, authenticity and how to really, you know, lean into that. I know for me, maybe way too much uh, our listeners want to know and you want to know, but really one of the number one things that has held me back, you talk about anxiety, it's just my own self-image struggles and getting on stage. You know, I've always struggled, battled with weight since I was young and gone up and down and bad back and weight problems. And, uh, and so it's really held me back, like from accepting more opportunities for, you know, you know, other dates, you know, all that kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, I'll just wait till I've lost a little bit of weight. And it's so, it's so ridiculous because it leans back into your identity and you've been given this message to share and share it. But it's, it's just funny how many things can hold us back at times from, you know, really communicating what, what we've been given to communicate. That's uh, uh, thank you. Well, I was just going to say like, thank you for sharing that with us. Cause that is a vulnerable thing to share. And I think a lot of people can relate to just insecurities in general when they're in front of people because you're very much exposed in a lot of ways, uh, willingly. You yeah. know, you're like willingly putting yourself into in front yeah. of potentially audiences that you don't know how they're going to react, right? To right. Anything. Right. Um, but I, I something, and I think a lot of it has to do with you know that mindset shift, and and something that I work on actively, but it's definitely mm. something that. I tell students too, I'm like, look, they're not there to see you. They're there to listen to you. That's that's the difference. So um, is so that's one of the reasons that I feel like it doesn't cause me anxiety to be in front of a lot of people versus one-on-one -on -one because I know it doesn't feel like they're looking at me. It doesn't feel like they're staring at me. Yep. It feels like they're listening to me. They're hearing the, my words and yep. that's it. And that's yep. how I see it, so. Oh, I just, our time is like running down. I feel like we could do like part two, three, four, but you said, you said something so powerful before even talking about your pre-event rituals. You know, when I was coaching a young communicator the other day, they were just talking about when is my confidence going to come? And I'm going to, I'm going to go back and email them exactly what you just said, because having that pre, you know, ritual and then giving time and space to just rest, like you've done the work, you're ready. If mm -hmm. you know, go, go and do yep. it, have fun with it. That's when we can really have fun as a communicator. Like we've done the work, we're ready. We're like there yep. and ready to explode. You know, give me the mic. Like I'm, I'm ready to do this. <laughs> I, I love agree. it. Well, I agree. And I, I feel like we could talk forever. I know. Like, why? <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, la last question around, around the corner with this, but 
you know, is there a, you know, final piece of advice or encouragement, you know, you have for speakers as they just, uh, you know, want to continually to improve, you know, anything else that you've picked up or any insights you want to just, you know, leave them with? I would probably, oh gosh, there's so many things. <laughs> and I feel like it's stuff that I always do myself, right? Like I'm always thinking about or keeping in mind is um, like at the end of the day, I think one of the biggest, biggest realizations that, that speakers, especially newer speakers need to understand is that not everybody in the audience will resonate with your message mm. and that's okay. And I think, cause it's just like any sort of criticism or anything at all that we get it could be 500 or 499 people that are like, this changed my life. But the one person that said this was dumb yep. is it's going to cut through the noise, right? Yep. It's, it's going to cut through. And to just accept the fact day one before you step on stage that you are not for everyone and that's okay. Yeah. But there is someone in the audience. It's truly about that one person. People become speakers every single day because they want to share their story and help. And I hear it all the time. I want to help one person. Yep. I want to help one person. It's like, okay, great. There's 600 people in your audience. You're going to help at least one person. Yes. And yes. that's awesome. But don't let that one person that's like, this was just not as good as I thought because it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And that's yep. okay. It, it does not decrease the value of who you are or any, any piece of your message that you have to offer the people that are listening. You're there for the people that will show up mentally, yep. emotionally, and be open to hearing your message. So show up for them Ooh. and, and let it, let it be. Wow. 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 Well, <laughs> Oh, what a great topic. I mean, you have just <laughs> you have given us such amazing insight and wisdom. I'm just so grateful. Hey, before I let you go, let's do some rapid fire questions. Our audience can kind of keep getting to know you. I hate to oh, put God. you on the spot. <laughs> who, who is one of your favorite speakers? Like you just love like any opportunity you can to hear them. You're just like, oh, oh gosh, there's so many. Um, let's see. Ed Milet, Brennan Bouchard, Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, yep. Mel Robbins, but these are all next level speakers right. though too. Right. Um, but I've seen, but some of the absolute best speakers I've ever seen are people you've probably never heard of. Right. right. So it's just, right. <laughs> it is. I love it. What it is. <laughs> so. uh, more on the personal side. Uh, what's one of your absolute favorite movies? Like you're on a desert island. You can only take one movie. What's the movie? The Breakfast Club. Okay. Because <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> Uh, and then if you're, if you're a podcast person or a YouTube, is there a podcast or a YouTube channel that you like, is just your go-to for either, you know, professional development or, you know, guilty pleasure type stuff where you're like, oh, it just kind of fills me up. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, Ed Milet's podcast, obviously the speaker lab podcast, which obviously <laughs> and for both professional and personal development. And then just for fun, I love the office ladies. Cause I love, oh, the, I office. love the office ladies. <laughs> I, I love so good. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I was I made an inside joke about Michael Scott, and my guest had no idea who Michael Scott was, and I was like, "Oh no, oh no, we're we're deleting this interview." Yeah, like, <laughs> we're like, "Oh no, I can't ask you to be back ever." Like we're striking right. it from the record. Oh, right. little I don't know if you've watched The Office on Peacock, but it's like watching a whole different show because they add all of those deleted yeah. scene. Oh, it's just, it's magical. It's so good. It's I good. love it. Well, Hey, uh, tell us before we let you go, where can people find you online? Where can they, you know, book you find more information all about what you do? 
Sure. Like I absolutely love and thrive on the social media platform, Instagram. So you can find me there at the Brittany Richmond. Um, it's just all one word. And then my website is brittanyrichmond.com. Awesome. Brittany, thank you again so much for being on the podcast today. Really appreciate you pouring out your heart and giving us just some great wisdom. So thanks again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you for joining us on the Speak With People podcast. Such an honor to have you. Hey, I want to make sure that you've heard. Have you heard about the pathway? At some point, every leader will need to speak from a stage or deliver a presentation in front of a group of people. So even if uh, public speaking is not something you do all the time or it kind of gives you some nerves, the pathway is a step-by-step -step guide to help you become a more confident, clear, and captivating communicator, which will exponentially grow your leadership. So just go to speakwithpeople.com slash the pathway and get all the information you can about that. Uh, and thanks again for listening, for being a part of this community. If you have not joined the Speak With People community group, just go to Facebook, search for Speak With People community group. Every single day, we are trying to become better communicators uh, in our leadership. So thanks for being a part of that. Again, uh, Speak With People podcast exists because we believe healthy communication is oxygen for our relationships and our leadership. So whether you communicate one-on-one -on -one, to a team, from a stage, or from behind the screen, we hope that today challenged you to communicate in healthy ways. We know that when you do, you really will change your world with your words. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.